This is Care Less, Do More. Welcome back to Care Less, Do More. This is your host, Michelle Parker. What a pleasure it was to sit across from this week's guest, Robin Van Jen, and chat it out. I've known and loved this woman for a very long time as we coached in Argentina side by side for about 10 years. She is a lover of powder, her pup Stella, creating, and has some of the very best energy to be around. We're currently teaming up to work on a film of which we're co-directing together with Arcteryx, and it's been such a treat to get to spend quality time with this gem of a human being. Before we dive into this episode, I'd like to thank Arcteryx. We just wrapped up the Arcteryx Backcountry Academy here in Whistler, which is a really incredible event. All of the athletes host a variety of clinics that you can attend and learn from. There's live music, films celebrating the mountains, a re-gear booth where you could get your gear fixed up, and so much more. It's so special what this brand has created, and their engagement with our community is next level. It's part of what makes Arcteryx the company that it is. Their level of commitment to community and building community in the mountains is truly inspiring. Additionally, I'd like to thank Anon Optics for supporting Care Less Do More. Explore Anon seamless kits, including on snow helmets, goggles, and magnetically integrated face masks designed for comfortable and gap-free coverage from the neck up. Find your kit and make it yours. You heard me, I said from the neck up. Their magnetic face masks are the jam, especially on storm days or when you wanna keep your skin protected from the sun. I use this system almost every single day and the ease of use is so simple, it just makes for better days on the mountains. Check out anonoptics.com for more. I'm really excited today to be sitting down with Robin Van Jin. She's a professional snowboarder from Victoria, BC. She turned pro at the age of 25 and has had a storied career ever since. We coached together in Bariloche, Argentina together for 10 years. Robin went on to film with Runway Films. She worked on the PS webisodes, filmed for Depth Perception alongside Travis Rice. She won the Natural Selection Tour and directed and produced her recent collection of short films titled Fabric which is my personal favorite. Robin created Fabric with the intention of spotlighting people in her extended community that she wanted to see rise. Her specialty is big mountain freestyle boarding, and she is one of my favorite snowboarders to watch. Welcome to the podcast, Robin. That was really nice. <laughs> Thank you. I like reading the intros. I know. It gets me psyched. Um, most recently, Robin and I have been working on a project with Arcteryx together, and it has been such an honor to watch you shine and rise as a director and take the lead and express your creative vision. Like I can tell that you've learned so much from working in film, specifically probably on fabric, right? Yeah, it was literally a crash course. Like I couldn't have imagined like it going any better in terms of like a learning process, but I really had no idea what I was doing. But I also still feel like I don't, that I'm just like, you know, flying by the seat of my pants all the time, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. I like doing that. Yeah. It keeps <laughs> yeah. you on your toes. Yeah. And you don't actually notice when you get better at things, you just keep going. And then, and then other people will cue you and be like, oh yeah, you'd like learned a bit on this experience. You're like, oh yeah, I guess I did. Yeah, no, I totally did. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing was like a, a really intense learning experience. Um, coming out the other side of it, I just feel like a better, more, more whole, um, prepared person, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And talk about like the, the inception of that project, like what drew you to create that and dive in head first? Cause that's such a big undertaking mm -hmm. to do that on top of being an athlete. Yeah. It's funny. I had always wanted to 
kind of um, almost test the creative vision that I maybe thought I had. And really, I was like, yeah, I, I do want to make something that's like uniquely me, you know, that uniquely is my voice or um, uniquely my vision to kind of like bring that to life to almost like see what you can do, like what else can you do kind of thing. Um, and the inception of it was actually an art piece with um, Leanne Curran, the surfer. We had been on the Roxy team together and we talked about um, kind of bringing the surf and the snowboard world together because I really admired what she did as a surfer and she was a musician and you know there was a lot of like things I just loved about her style of surfing and we talked about working together and we actually pitched um, three times um, just like small art pieces and they never went through um, but at some point I was actually I was on a surf trip in the Mentalize and you know, the idea was still there. Like I still wanted to do something and kind of bring the worlds together. Cause I really, I love skateboarding and I love surfing and like, why can't we do it all together? You know, like there's so many rules of like how to make a snowboard film or how to do a film in action sports. And everybody would tell me like, Oh yeah, no, it'll never work. You can't do like surfing and snowboarding and skateboarding. It just won't go. And I was like, you know, I think I'll just try you know and then really looking at like what spoke to me in terms of a concept I really wasn't into just flexing on our abilities in the water or the our abilities on the mountain or skating or whatever like what did I think was important in life and maybe putting those two things together and that's kind of how fabric was um a birthed, I guess, was just this like crazy idea to feature amazing people, women that I, women and people who I thought were really amazing in what they contributed across action sports or across skateboarding, snowboarding and surfing. And why can't we do that? And then it was just a process of trying to piece together how that would look and what it would look like. And it took probably two years to really like buff that out to have a solid concept and even then it was constantly evolving as we went we would find people along the way who just would emerge and we'd be like we have to feature you you know right. yeah and it just kept snowballing it kept getting bigger and bigger to the point where I was kind of like uh-oh <laughs> but once you're going it's kind of you know it's at least my personality to kind of finish what I start and uh, I definitely pushed it through and learned a lot along the way. But um, I think the final product is something that I'm really proud of. And um, looking back, it's, it was a really, it was so soul filling to be able to hand the microphone to somebody else who may not have this like spotlight that some of us do to be able to speak to what's important to them and how they contribute and why that's important. And to me, that was a, a really great way to approach it. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's how it all came together. <laughs> yeah, in my perspective, you pulled out these rich storylines from these individuals that I view as like culture shifters within the action sports community and people that exactly, they are more than just this athlete. They also like add so much value to our community. And I think of action sports as a similar as you do, like it's all together, we're all in this together, we're passionate, we're seeking 
these things that we're obsessed with maybe, but it was so cool to dive into these storylines that aren't always highlighted, but really are culture shifters in our industry. Yeah, totally. I think what was important to me is like, we put so much, we, we put so much weight on our ability to do something, on how well we do that. And to me, the real heroes are the people working on the ground every single day to make sure that other people can just be involved or that they can feel like they have a space or that they can approach snowboarding by just doing art or music or like just your ability to, to express yourself, you know? And there were so many stories and I didn't even get to, you know, the tip of the iceberg with it. I could only include so many people, but I just felt like, you know, what was really important in our communities wasn't your ability to be a snowboarder or your mm -hmm. ability at surfing or skateboarding, but really what you contributed. And I just felt like that spoke more to me. And I knew that there must be other people out there who feel the same way. You know, it's kind of one of those weird things where you're like, I don't know if this is going to go, but there's got to be other people out there who are thinking the same thing. And maybe they'll resonate with this. And at the very least, we get to give this spotlight and the microphone to these amazing people who are doing amazing things and who knows what will come of it. So that's kind of, was just a bit of a roll of the dice and I'm like really happy to see it completed and the way that it ended up. I'm like, I, I love it. I love watching it. I, and it's, it's great. Like, I, and I didn't do it alone. You know, I yeah. had an amazing partner in Justin Taylor Smith who I absolutely would trust with any project. He's just this amazing creative visionary. And we had um, Eulene Oliver at Wasserman help us out getting doing fundraising and contracts and organizing, you know, like producer style. And then uh, Mary Fenton helped us, you know, write it because I had all these crazy ideas on paper. And when I actually tried to, you know, make them tangible into an interview or tangible into like, you know, a treatment, it was quite hard because that's not my specialty. So we worked right. with her and then we had another um, editor named Emily Lee who just, even though she has very little um, connection in that world, she just like dove right in and totally like got it, you know, and it was really amazing to work with her. So we just had this magical team and it worked really well. And there were so many struggles along the way, like, you know. Unforeseen it, struggles, I'm oh, yeah. sure. Like, all of a sudden, yeah. you're like, oop, okay, solution-oriented. We need to fix this. Oh, totally. <laughs> and, like, I ended up wearing so many hats, and I think a function of that was really we started just before COVID hit. And we had an amazing amount of support leading up into it. And we basically lost everything and had to start at zero. But in that moment, we were able to pause and really look at the project and go, okay, like, what's important? What do we need? You know, like, and on a personal level, I was like, how important is this project to me? Can I, like, personally invest in it? And I did. I was like, I want to see this happen. And sometimes that's just the way it's got to go. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy to share some of my personal resources into something else just to help, like, get this thing going and be able to like tell these really important stories for me. And at the end of the day, that was just like, for me, a contribution, you know, I was like, oh, this is a really good, 
con- it feels good. Yeah. You know, it's like money well spent, you know, like don't even care. I never think about it. It's great. Totally. And that's a part of your legacy too. Mm-hmm. And that's really special. Like when you think of athletes, like after the fact, when they've retired and moved on and what imprint did they leave behind? Like, I think that's such a beautiful part of your legacy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it was, uh, it was, it was cool to make. And I, it was definitely a hell of a struggle. How long from start to finish? <laughs> three years. Three years. Yeah, wow. three years start to finish. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Filming for all three years or? Um, not quite. We filmed for two, I guess, two full years. Um, and then we were in post for six months, a little bit longer. And then um, really developing that story and getting it going like off the ground another six months. So yeah, three years total. That doesn't even include like the the brainstorming and the pitches that happened before that. Yeah, it was just kind of like a wild idea. And yeah, I'm glad it's I'm glad it's finished, and I'm also glad it's over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fair. I know it feels good to have the bookend there and complete the project. Yeah, totally. Well done. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you feel like the industry was ready for that kind of a storyline? I don't know. I, I think in some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. Um, I think it was really well received, but at the same time, the core in the sports were less interested than the more mainstream audience. And it re- that really speaks to where people are at. And that's okay. It's almost like it's good to just know. It's good to know where people are at. But um, I think people will find their way to it as they, um, as they do, and some will and some won't, and that's totally okay. But at yeah. least it's like there and available to everyone to watch. And yeah, to me, that's, that, that's a big win just to get it finished and out there into the universe and when people find it, great. And if they don't, that's fine too. Yeah, and yeah. it's out there. For the listeners, you have to go watch it. How many parts is it? It's a five-part series, um, each with its own like little theme. Um, and uh, you can find it on Red Bull TV and on Outside TV as well. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. I think I purchased it on Vimeo, too. Oh, you purchased? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So nice. For yeah. sure. I couldn't wait. I was on the edge of my seat. It's like these movies get released, and they play in all of the like big film festivals and stuff, and then you're like, oh, okay, I really want to watch this. And for me, seeing another athlete step into that role of like producing, directing, and working in film and doing more than just snowboarding, I always am really enticed by that. And and I wonder part of it, like, I know part of it for me is like it keeps me more engaged in my community if I have other things going on aside from just skiing yeah like I need that I don't know how do you feel about that oh yeah oh yeah yeah. I feel like just snowboarding is not something I've ever been able to do right and it like really that's exactly what fabric is it's like I can't just snowboard you know we have to do other things yeah and um I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of a good metaphor for that. You know, you're just doing doing other things really connects you to your community and what you contribute is important. And everybody does it in a different way. Um, but doing it at some level is important. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. And where do you see with the skill set and all the things you learn from doing fabric? Like, do you see taking that into your future, too? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so many doors have been opened with that. And like on a personal level, knowing what I can and cannot accomplish and what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. And kind of seeing that come to life was just, um, yeah, it it could open some doors in the future. I I really enjoy 
storytelling and like um, filmmaking. I think I in the future I'll do it differently, which is like what we're doing now. <laughs> you know, is like doing it differently. Don't try to do everything, mm-hmm. but like find your niche, find your specialty. Like what are you good at in that, you know, spectrum of jobs that are included in, you know, filmmaking and kind of finding that path and then moving forward instead of like trying to do everything. Cause that was a, a big lesson for me was I, t- I just wore too many hats. And, you know, I think our nature is to be relentless about the final product. And in that I had to work double, triple, quadruple time to make sure that all of those boxes were being ticked mm-hmm. um, to be proud of it in the end. And I have never experienced that level of stress <laughs> right? in trying to do that. And that was like one of, you know, even it was just one of my biggest uh, life lessons. Not only did I get to learn so much about all of the different perspectives of the people involved, that was the biggest takeaway. But for me personally, it was, you know, biting off something so big and not being able to let it go and then having to like push through with like way too much on your plate and knowing that I can't ever do that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that a hard lesson to learn? It was, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm only now kind of like coming back to life. You know, this, I and that's almost a year after its release, which yeah. is, you know, something we don't really talk about is like the effects of burnout and like just piling on piling and you know, I was doing natural selection at the same time and filming for fabric and sponsor commitments and, 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 you know, I sold my house, I bought a new one, had to fix it. And it was all at the same time. And like, sometimes you're just like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. And then you keep going and going and you get used to this, like, you know, life in the fast lane, but really like the, the effects of that are real you know, like not being present in your family life, not being present with your friends, neglecting friendships, neglecting almost every different aspect of your life because you can't pull out of the fast lane, you know, and that had real consequences for me. And uh, I think that was like one of the biggest takeaways was like, (laughs) you know, aside from the actual like film portion and like, being able to work with all these incredible people who just do so much. It was just this different storyline for me um, in discovering what, how I needed to operate moving forward and really sharing that with other people. Like this hustle culture that we live in is just like not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like to me, every time I like get stuck in that moment, I have to be like, fuck hustle culture like I can't live there anymore yeah I don't want to live like that why are we working so hard why are we trying so hard to have everything do everything like why wear all the hats yeah it's just like not worth it to me yeah yeah so I'm just approaching it differently now I experienced a very similar thing with producing originate I think and just like all of a sudden being totally overwhelmed. And I think part of my problem is not being able to foresee what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. And you can say yes to all these things in the moment. And then when you're in it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so like right on the edge. And so like, yeah, I guess I've been trying to, I've been a lot more aware of my capacity in the moment. And when I can't take on anymore, then I like 
yeah, chopping, chopping block stuff hits the chopping block, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to manage. Like, do you find yourself going back into that cycle or do you find Mm -hmm. yourself being able to like, I think now that it was so, it was so bad that I can't go back into that cycle. Like I just can't do that. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And every time I see it happening, I'm like, Oh, (laughs) quick 180. (laughs) And I think like part of it was the expectations that I thought were put on me. Like, brands expected this level from me and people expect me to ride at this level and really I was putting all of that on myself mm-hmm. you know wanting to be good at what you do and be a perfectionist and like you know have people I don't know it's weird it's like a um I don't know it's almost like an old pattern of like trying to 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 be the best mm-hmm. and like be the goodest girl that you can or like you know don't be a bother don't be um I don't know you would say like disagreeable like do your job well you know be indispensable but at some levels you can't be that for everyone you can't be everything for everyone you know that's such an underlying thing yeah and you have to like be graceful with yourself too and allow yourself that space to like fail or not live up to your expectations yeah yeah. And like, don't answer that email if you really don't feel like you have to. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to live. <laughs> yeah. So I've like, this year it's been really great learning how to say no. Mm-hmm. To be like, no, I can't go on that, you know, few, few day trip. That's really important to the brand. Unfortunately, like, I just don't have the capacity. Yeah. You know, like, what's going to fuel me is like, it's almost like energy gain versus energy drain and managing that. But there's also times when you need to show up. You need to... Yeah to be present for a film tour or um, for your partners who give you so much opportunity. You have to have that reciprocity. Like you have to show up for them as well, not just them showing up for you. And that's always been really important to me. But really like looking at your schedule and managing that appropriately, being like, okay, like, and talking to people, honestly, you know, just saying like, I don't think I can do all of these things, but like, what is really important? You know? Okay, great. You want me to do that? I can commit to one of those three things over this span of time or, you know, making sure that you're scattering everything in a way that you have breaks to go home and reset and spend time with family. And, you know, over Christmas, like I'm not, I'm not talking to anybody having anything to do with snowboarding. I'm talking to family and I'm talking to friends and I'm making sure that I show up for them and I show up for my family and that's what's important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because you show up differently in the world when those boxes are checked. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really important for everyone to have that grace with other people too. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I hear people getting upset because someone's not reachable and I'm like, give them some space. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. they will reach out when they are ready to and they have the time and capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have friends who just... I can text message them and nothing, dead airspace. And it used to really bother me. And now I'm like, oh, good for you. Like, yeah, totally. Don't bother <laughs> with that. You know, like, yeah. that's great. Like, I appreciate your ability to just reply on your own time. Yeah. And I think we can kind of like lean into that more than ever. It's like people understand. Yeah. Because we're all kind of going through this collectively, going through this like crazy hustle culture come down. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody's starting to like, at least I feel there's generally a there's yeah. a shift. Yeah. And I think people are like kind of sick of being burnt out all the time and not having time for family and chasing like, you know, trying to be a CEO or whatever it is. Like, 
You know, there's like a really good life outside of that. We don't yeah. all need to chase that. You well, know? it all comes back to your mental health too. Yeah. And like, yeah, longevity and life and, and, and richness of life like that is all within your mental health. It's not in a materialistic possession or how much money you make or any of that. Yeah. But it's easy to forget when you're in the society that, that honors that and mm -hmm. that like lifts that up. Um, but it is, yeah, there's been such a shift and I've noticed it too with professional athletes speaking out about their mental health issues and, and mental health in general. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it's really inspiring to see people speak up and talk about it because mm -hmm. it's powerful stuff and we're all experiencing it too. Yeah. Yeah. I, or maybe not all of us, but yeah. Yeah. And I, I also like, there's something that I never understood where there was like a, say a snowboarder who was so iconic, you know, and just was so well respected. And then one day just gone, you know, and that really speaks to that, like shut off is like, if, if we're going super hard at something and then it just comes to a point where we just like completely detach from it, we have to completely detach. Like that has happened, you Many know, and I don't want over. that to happen to me. I want to love and enjoy snowboarding and the mountains and however you do it, like for the rest of my life, my dream totally. is to be like 85 years old snowboarding, you know, snowboarding sick pal somewhere <laughs> and being able to do that is all about like, at least for me, my experience is learning how to pace. Yeah. <laughs> you just reminded me of Tatum the other day. We were out in the backcountry, and she's like, oh, when I'm 80, I'm going to have the sickest snowmobile, and I'm going to be out here ripping around <laughs> and visualizing her in the parking lot like with gray hair made me laugh so hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, with Fabric, that wasn't the first production that you were a part of. You've no. done, you've worked on Full Moon, and I feel like, uh, and also the PS episodes, webisodes. Yeah. And I feel like when you get a taste of those things and you start seeing like all the different roles and how a movie comes together, like we're surrounded by it all the time. And if you're interested in it, you kind of reach out and you're like, Ooh, I want to learn more about this. Yeah. And then you like dive in a little bit. And it's cool that our, our jobs like really allow for developing a skill set in all these different realms. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that keeps me super engaged as well. How many years have you been a pro snowboarder for? Uh, 15. Yeah. 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 It's been a run. It's been a run. It's yeah. been like best years of my life. Mm -hmm. But it honestly just like keeps getting better. Totally. Right. Yeah. I agree. Like <laughs> it's incredible. The, what snowboarding has given me is like, I'm dumbfounded every day. Mm -hmm. The people I've met, the experiences I've had, like, I feel like the luckiest person on the planet every damn day it's actually crazy and it seems really weird to say but that's how I feel like there's moments where I'm like you know in a rut or whatever and I'm like oh fuck this or like I just want to get the hell out of here you know but overall for the most part I just feel like so lucky and like grateful for the opportunity like holy shit it's mm -hmm. been amazing yeah so yeah. important to recognize that every day we're out in the mountains is such a privilege oh man it's and like not everybody is able to have that experience. And I, you know, it's funny, like I started following like all these different kinds of Instagram accounts so I could really have a better worldview because I was really stuck in this like snowboard world. And when you like learn and pay attention to what's happening globally and look at this big picture, there are so many people who can't even they don't even have a place to live. They're, they, their homes have been destroyed. They don't have food. They can't rely on, you know, being able to feed their families in the next few days. And 
like really being aware of that gives you that like gratitude for like wow this life that I live is like you know like it's mm-hmm. something very special and like don't forget that there's people out there who like have next to nothing you know and like really that that brings it together for me a lot of the time because I'm just you know don't ever take it for granted yeah you know and sometimes it feels like wrong to be out and having so much opportunity and so much joy and so much like pristine wilderness and good food and um, knowing that like all this other stuff's going on Um, and that's that's a real thing for a, a lot of people is to have that guilt and I think it's great it's good to and that like I don't want to say like I feel guilty it's more that I have so much more gratitude for the things that I have mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah and I think duality and duality of emotions simultaneously happening is like a very real thing and that's okay like I can be really happy out in the mountains with all of you but simultaneously like worried about something else mm-hmm. that's going on in life and I think that's okay but yeah. recognizing it is super important because it does give you gratitude. Yeah, and doing something. Yeah. You know, contribute something. Yeah. If you, like, feel strongly about, you know, refugees or, you know, whatever it is, in like, the indigenous populations that need support, like, making sure that you're contributing to that and supporting that in some way, shape, or form, I feel like that's um, the least we can do. Yeah. 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 Bringing awareness to that and educating yourself and having a bigger world perspective I think is yeah all yeah in that same realm and honestly a lot of that bigger world perspective came from snowboarding mm-hmm. because it gave me this like oh a young 20 or something you go travel and you actually get to see like driving through Buenos Aires like going through these crazy like favelas like really like cardboard cities mm-hmm. and seeing how people lived and then going to the resort and worrying about like the weather. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. like, huh? Really like puts things in puts things in perspective. Yeah, <laughs> and like going to places like Kyrgyzstan and seeing how people live just in a different way. Yeah, and seeing like that nomadic lifestyle. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, no, there's something really beautiful about it. But just kind of like that global perspective is so important. And I do have snowboarding to thank for that, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And where did it all start for you with snowboarding? Um, I actually was like a snowboard fan before I even started snowboarding. I always had this like weird um, obsession with snow. And I think it was because I lived on an island that <laughs> was pretty temperate. We didn't really get snow. We got it like one or two days a year. But when it did happen, it was like no school. No, like, chores, no nothing. It was just you're stuck at home. It's like, because we don't have snow plows in Victoria because it doesn't snow enough. I think there's, like, two snow plows on the entire island, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so when it, when it gets hit, everything shuts down. And there's this, like, magic moment of, like, well, the storm is here and we are just living in this, like, shutdown moment. And the only thing that you get to do is go outside and make snowballs (laughs) (laughs) and like toboggan down the street or like tow behind a car. It was like very, um, it just didn't happen all the time for me. So when it did happen, it was like ultra special and there was something magical about 
the snow days for me. Mm-hmm. I was always just kind of like waiting for it to happen. Like, come on, come on, baby, shut me down. Like, l- give me those couple days, just like making a loose track in the backyard. Totally, as a kid, <laughs> it's like the best thing ever. It snow is. day. Yeah. And we would go to like Beacon Hill Park and like, you know, ski down the hill. And I did start skiing um, when I was fairly young and we went, you know, kind of weekend warrior style. But I, I got a little bit of that like edging skills in when I was yeah. early. And uh, on the island? Actually in, at Silver Star, okay. which is like uh, near Vernon. Yeah, totally. And then in my teenage years, uh, when snowboarding really became popular, there was a few skateboarders in town who were friends who were like, hey, do you want to come like try snowboarding? We're going up to Mount Washington. And I borrowed my sister's snowboard that she got for Christmas and just went and tried and like fell down for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, just like kind of having it click. And then it's, it's weird how you just know in those moments, you're like, oh, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Yes. Once it clicks and you're like, okay. And I've got like snowboard magazine cutouts like on the wall. And I just, I thought snowboarding was so cool. Um, And so like the second I graduated from high school, I moved to Whistler. And And did you go to college? Yeah. I went to the University of Calgary. Yeah. I I spent like two years in Whistler basically getting injured snowboarding, (laughs) thinking I was like Annie Boulanger out there, you know, and I just was like, I didn't have the skills, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was gaining them, but like slowly. Um, And it was really important to my parents that I go to university. And I didn't see the importance of that at the time, but I did know that I wasn't really getting places in Whistler. You know, I was like, making burritos mm-hmm. and like working three jobs barely to pay rent. And that was cool, but I wanted more for my life. Yeah. And I kind of saw that and I was like, yeah, you know, and there was kind of a strong drug scene in Whistler and I wasn't really interested in being a part of that. And with that op- my dad was kind of like, all right, like Robin, I think you should go to university. Like you should go, like, can you trust me? You know? And then like kind of seeing me like, making really bad money mm-hmm. <laughs> and like barely scraping by and not really seeing how I was going to figure out, figure it out. I kind of just like pivoted and like took the bait and went. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made because awesome. I got to be a part of the university of Calgary, like the UFC snowboard club. And I met so many people there. I started like they had coaches And so I got a coach like once a week, you know, with a group of people and we'd all go up and like just go to COP and rip laps. And I got to snowboard a lot and the snowboard community there was amazing. And still some of those people are some of my best friends and the people that I'm with all the time in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that because I didn't go to college and I'm like, that was one thing that like I don't have regrets about it, mm-hmm. but like that community and that experience seems really pivotal. Yeah. 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 I always like, whenever I'm speaking to like young snowboarders, I'm like, you know, it's a long game. Totally. You can do it all. Longevity is <laughs> yeah. everything. Um, yeah. At which point did, how old were you when you started coaching in South America? Uh, I think, I think I was 21. 21. So yeah. you were not a professional at that point. No, no, not at all. Yeah. I had my friend Carolina Clues and I, we just decided that we were going to go on a trip to Chile. And we got to Chile and we met some guys from Mount Baker who I still know. 
and um, we had this amazing week there. And then we got some photos of this buried car on the other side of the Andes in Argentina from a friend who was working at this camp called SAS. And he said, just like, get on a bus and like, get over here. You know, and we like, literally were like, okay. (laughs) And we did that. And we were greeted by uh, John Sang Wilbert, who is the founder of SAS. And he basically welcomed us put us on the couch and said, you're making sandwiches and you can shred with us every day. Sick. Yeah. (laughs) And that was like history for, for me down there. And I spent, uh, 12 years or 12, uh, seasons in South America working with SAS, which eventually became SGT and transferred ownership. And that's where I met you and Skylar and Chris Coulter, who were pivotal in like, you know, me like being, mentors. Yeah, like yeah. pivotal me like starting guiding and having that like light bulb turn on and be like, I want to ride with their riding. How do I do that? Well, they're guides. So I think I got to do that. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like I want to ride those lines like they do. How do I do that? How do I get like the knowledge and skills to be able to just walk out there and find my way down the mountain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, lots of uh, amazing things. And now I'm here with you working on a film I feel like it's all very like full circle it's a really cool place to be (laughs) yeah yeah I don't think I realized that you weren't sponsored when you were coaching down there in the first few years no yeah that's so cool I do remember like things starting to pick up and and then you like got in with the full men full full moon crew and Mm -hmm. like the the PS episodes, yeah. webisodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember all of that stuff brewing. I mean like, yes, it's happening. Like this yeah. is epic. Yeah. It was yeah. literally like those years where things just started to click. Yeah. And I think it was because I spent so much time in the winter. Mm-hmm. I spent like, like back to back winters for a long time. And you know, I forget what's the, who's the author who writes the book about the 10,000 hours. It's called outliers. Right. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Yes. Yeah. So, I remember reading that and being like, that's why. <laughs> that's how it happened. I did my 10,000 hours. I mean, finally, know. and Argentina helped with that too, like skiing every summer down there. Yeah. Wow, your time spent on snow, just every single day. We coached every day. Yeah. We didn't really get days off. We were just skiing yeah. nonstop, snowboarding. Yeah. And you learned so much teaching other people. Yeah, totally. Yeah. On like... You can't really coach people without actually coaching yourself too and being able to be an example. Like, oh, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. And then like showing them how to do it. But at that moment, you're like, do I know how to do this? Yeah. <laughs> Guess I better learn right now. Yeah. So I didn't realize that Chris and Skylar like motivated you to become a guide. Yeah, yeah. totally. And you just finished the process this not quite. It's Not like quite. ongoing forever, oh I think. How many years does it take? <laughs> I don't know. Too many, but not really. Um, I just am doing it at my own pace. Yeah. You know, it's like there's some parts of me and I had this conversation with a good friend, uh, Kate Ediger, because she really uh, confided in me and said like, yeah, you know, I feel like there's this expectation that I should be done and I should be leading by now. And she's like, I just, you know, I have a child. I had to raise a child and... I also had to work jobs to be able to afford courses and I just had to do it on my own at my own pace. And she really felt like, you know, at some points, like she wasn't doing it fast enough. And I, I, it really resonated with me because I feel the same way. I'm like, well, I wasn't raising a child, but I didn't have time for courses between snowboard commitments and filming. And so it was really hard to fit those courses in. And at the same time, like, 
you know, move ahead, like get the hours and actual hours on the ground guiding to be able to do the next course. I was just like, it was a juggling act of like professional snowboarding and trying to make another life in the world, you know, professionally, like outside of snowboarding. And then also trying to like furthering this guide career. And really the whole point of guiding was in the beginning was for it to just contribute to how I could snowboard. And so to have that snowboarding take off, I kind of like let that pause while I like enjoyed that momentum. And now it's kind of coming back in where I'm, you know, I completed my CAA two, three years ago. And it, that took me three years to complete, mm-hmm. you know? And then now I'm finally doing like the guiding parts of it and completing my CSGA course. And now I have one more course to do before I'm leading, but really I'm taking like, I'm taking a little bit of, um, I guess, grace with myself and the pace that I've done it at and really realizing what that learning process did for me in professional snowboarding and how it contributed to where I am in snowboarding now. And then really like knowing that guiding is something that I don't need to rush through. And Kevin Sansalone, um, who's an ex-pro snowboarder and like absolute legend, he's going through the same thing. He's like, you know, there's no rush. Like it's always gonna be there. We can do it whenever we want. We can ride sick pow till we die. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. I can just like take my own time and get there when I get there. So I am almost there. Um, and it's taken me a really long time, but I've been distracted with professional snowboarding. So yeah, yeah, it's just where I'm at. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, do you think that you will want to guide like in the future? Mm-hmm. Full time? I don't know if I'll do it full time. Um, but we'll see. I always have these like big plans to like, yeah, I'm going to be a guide and I'll work with other snowboard, like snowboarders and I'll help film crews and I'll like do this and that. And then I get into filmmaking and I'm like, oh, I like this too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Quick shout out to Peak Skis founded by Bodie Miller for supporting the show. Bodie understands service. Imagine the attention an Olympian gets from his service crew and support staff. As a direct-to-consumer company, Peak is committed to knowing and serving our customers through direct interaction. There's no middlemen. If you call us, we answer the phone and talk skiing. Well, I probably wouldn't answer the phone, but you're going to talk to someone. Peak wants you to ski better and have more fun. Highlighting the Peak 98s today, which is perhaps our most versatile ski. It's engineered to spend half its time on the groomed snow and hard pack and the other off-trail and boot-deep snow. Two full sheets of metal and wood core makes it super stable. Keyhole makes it maneuverable, and I can attest this ski absolutely made me fall in love with carving like never before. I'd also like to thank Darn Tough Socks. These aren't just your run-of-the-mill socks. They're made with thought, precision, love, and yes, they're actually made with love. And these socks will likely outlast any other sock brand out there. Made to last for miles and miles. When I visited the factory, one of the things I was most impressed with was the quality control. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that every single sock is touched and inspected at least 10 times by different people before it leaves the factory and gets into your hands. Darn Tough is always doing good things for our greater community, and it's a brand local to the U.S. using high-quality materials, and straight up, the most care goes into these socks. You don't really have to choose. No. You know, you can kind of do... You can ebb and flow and do something different. and Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just kind of letting it unfold as it does, you know, with filmmaking. If the door is open there and I start to feel momentum there, I'll go, and I'll keep chipping away at guiding because I'm always going to want to ride sick pow. 
(laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and when snowboarding ends, having that like soft landing when, you know, you no no longer want to be a progressive rider or, or be a professional snowboarder, at least I can still be involved and like be snowboarding, which is ultimately the goal. I just want, I love being in the mountains. I love shredding pow. I love the community. I love everything about it. And guiding allows me to do that, especially at Baldface, where a lot of the community convenes. Mm -hmm. I know Baldface is such a special place. Mm -hmm. I love going there. Yeah. It's got like a really cool, like energy magnetism. Yeah. 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 And it's cool. Like Craig Kelly just had, you know, it was like the 20th anniversary of his death and he was one of the founders of Baldface and his um, trajectory in guiding has always like been in the back of my mind because like he just really loved it Mm -hmm. and I feel the same way like I just really love it and I don't want it to end you You do that's so cool to hear yeah Yeah. I never want it to end so how can I extend that and really like kind of um like seeing this archival footage come out that his daughter Olivia posted and I, I literally saw myself in I was like oh lunch lake cliff sick and then I was like oh yeah he's like doing weather you know it was like this amazing moment where I was like oh I'm like I'm, not, I'm like following in that like I I love that this like legend is kind of like giving me inspiration and I'm like you know kind of I don't know, paralleling in some ways this like amazing trajectory that he had in a different way. I'm obviously not like following Craig Kelly's path, but you know, I just like love what he, what his whole like contribution into snowboarding. I love his like style and his like essence really. Mm-hmm. And I never knew the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all like folklore and stories for me um, and stories from, you know, John Buffery and, from Olivia and from Jeff Pensiero and just what people tell me about him. And I'm like, it's really cool to have that, like the spirit of him kind of like guide you, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's so cool how people can have such a lasting effect on you like that. Yeah. 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 Think about that a lot. JP Eau Claire was one for me. Yeah. For sure. And Shane McConkie. I mean, there's a lot in skiing for sure, but just their energy and how they live their lives and, yeah. And yeah, what you take on. And, and I think like some of these people were in my life during such pivotal moments of me figuring out who I am and what I liked and appreciated and the way that I view our sport. And it's it's been cool. Like oftentimes I check myself. I'm like, oh, that is such a JP characteristic or like, yeah. what would Shane do right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's cool to be guided by the like, you know people before you Mm -hmm. and like really it's so much inspiration like I'm just so inspired by everything that he did and for snowboarding and like how he like lived and I'm like whoa guided guided by this epic spirit you know yeah yeah similarly you and the whole like Phil Moon crew like that's something that I've always viewed in your career as like such this like I don't know, dynamic friendships in the mountains with other women. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so cool. That's something that, like, has I've always definitely been like, oh, I would love just to have this, like, amazing group of friends that are like-minded and get out in the mountains. Can you, like, just talk about that experience of, like, that was a part of your come up as a professional snowboarder was getting in with this amazing group of women that, yeah. like, from the outside perspective, for me, I'm like, whoa, they're building community. They're going out there together. They're getting it done on their own. Like, it's super inspirational. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um... 
that group of women are like will always hold a very special place in my heart we had amazing experiences together and like those two years filming full moon were really some of the best years I had in snowboarding period it was like the most fun and it was so unexpected and I think for a long time you know I I was when I started snowboarding I had photos of you know the Annie Boulangers the um Hannah Beeman's on my wall like I was just a fangirl and then to kind of like have my snowboard career morph into this weird place where I actually landed on a crew with them like you know first it was with Leanne having her like call me into runway and being like how the hell did I get here this is so amazing I'm with all these like amazing women holy shit like I can't even believe I'm like riding with these people and then it was like getting that phone call from Hannah and it would just like kept doing that and then having all of us come together for full moon when we had each been trying to like scratch our own little carve our own little place out in snowboard films being like that token woman and then just throwing our hands up and being like why don't we just work together like let's stop scratching like let's just come together and do something on our own and like really that's when the magic happened you know it was just like and then we all got together and like boom just like this amazing explosion of like beautiful friendships and like beautiful experiences it just felt like the universe came together for us and gave us this incredible like epic trips and it wasn't always epic we had a full dry spell the first year but then we like you know tried for that second year and in the second year it was just magic like going to bald face and getting all-time conditions with some of the legends in the sport like sky rondonay and like barrett and tina bassich and cersei wallace barrett christie like it was and it was just perfect you know <laughs> that's awesome yeah and then like going to to Braylorn and getting like perfect conditions I don't know how that happened and then going to Alaska and like just fighting other crews to get that you know the birthday bowl on that magic day you know like <laughs> birthday bowl. everyone goes there I yes. know <laughs> and then we just like got it and that was like how, how that film like the essence of it was very real like you can feel it Mm -hmm. in the whole piece like the energy was like and the whole essence was like very real it was like really strong friendships there was a lot of joy yeah. a lot of crying yeah. like fighting not a lot of fighting but like you know we have all have our pmse moments but that's that shit like brings you together it makes you yeah. stronger yeah you know? and you recognize like that we're all coming at stuff from different places in our lives and yeah yeah I love that deep friendship and y'all have continued it, which is really cool to see. Yeah. But it's like ongoing because now yeah. I get to make a whole other full moon crew in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I dig that y'all just came together and you're like, we're just going to make this on our own. Like we're all kind of, it seemed too like struggling to get in these films. Yeah. Like the snowboard community as a whole hadn't really add, had multiple women in the movies and um, yeah, so epic just to be like, yep, yeah, we're here. And we just supported each other so much. Yeah. You know, and like that was what we really needed. Mm -hmm. And to see where so many of those riders have gone, like, you know, like Leanne doing Defiance with the North Face and like, I don't know, just Marie doing this like transcendent, you know, snowboard part a couple years ago with Arbor and like, like showing up for Fabric in like a huge way. Like her footage was incredible and seeing 
like Jamie, double gold medals, and Elena, like her trajectory in backcountry snowboarding, that was her first time to Alaska. Mm -hmm. You know, and like to me, that is like so amazing that we were able to like do that together. We really brought each other up. Felt like a spark that lit a fire. Totally. Yeah, very cool. You talked about some of the women that came before you, but who were like some standout athletes to you that you looked up to and, and, and give me the reasons why too. Yeah. Well, I think, um, in terms of like legends, I really looked up to Victoria Jalouse, just her like way in big mountain riding. And that's really ultimately what I wanted to do. And, um, watching her like gracefully just like destroy Alaska (laughs) was always something that I wanted to do. And I was really inspired by her. And then there was the Tara's, you know, who Tara Dikitas, who was just like so progressive and dominant in the contest scene and in freestyle. And I, I love that part of snowboarding. I loved her like edgy, um, image like her full leather kit that she made with Billabong <laughs> her whole vibe was like really sick you know and it really spoke to where we were at in snowboarding like this kind of punk rock lifestyle loved that um, and then you know I really looked up to Hana and to Leanne and like what they were doing um, in like with snowboarding but also in filmmaking you know, those two were really pivotal to helping me have that like inspiration lit, seeing them like go down that path and me going with them in some senses and, you know, supporting how I could and contributing and just being like, wow, like this is really cool. I think I, I think I'd like to try this on my own, you know? And, uh, yeah, who else? I mean, even like the Annie's like Annie was such a legend in snowboarding and like Marie filming in absinthe and like it's just everybody I don't yeah. know there's there's so many so many there's so many uh people that I was inspired by yep I agree you yeah. take little bits and pieces totally I found myself too like being really inspired by people's writing but then outside of that like kind of what you were talking about with fabric what they're doing in their lives to get back to the industry or like yeah. back to humanity whatever it is like that gets me almost equally as much as their athletic ability yeah and seeing like what marie has really committed to um in the way she lives her life like to me is so inspiring yeah big you know time. couldn't agree and more. she just like holds the line yeah you know she's just like no no this is how i'm doing it you know she's found her own like path and uh, really created her own path in snowboarding and had so much much success with it, you know? Yeah. And people really resonated with what she stood for. And that to me is like so incredible, you know? Yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah. So cool. Um, do you feel like you got a late start to your professional career? Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't even start snowboarding until I was like 16 years old. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting to me because everyone has a different path in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool to reflect on it or just hear people's stories. Yeah. I was kind of a late bloomer. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's funny when I talk about like Hannah and Leanne still don't really believe me that I was like such a fangirl. <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, no, really? Like we're the same age, but at the same time, I was like just behind you in snowboarding yeah you know like just trying to catch up yeah yeah I gotta ask too like how was it filming for depth perception with Travis oh it was crazy but also like what a great experience yeah yeah I I literally almost melted when I got that invite like I (laughs) fell I almost fell off a chair I was like sliding down I was so nervous because even just like meeting him was a 
in, I was like, whoa, meeting Travis Rice is so crazy, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he was like the most amazing snowboarder. Um, just the way he like freestyled on Big Mountain, I was just such a fan. And then to kind of get that invite and be like the first woman to really film with one on one of his projects was yeah. just like an incredible honor. But also the pressure you put on yourself was like quite real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had a I had a lot of momentum at that time, you know. I felt like I had been like just getting better and better at snowboarding, and I I felt like I was up to the challenge, you know. And I I felt confident. I was like, yeah, this is where I'm at. I actually like could visualize myself in Travis Rice movies. Like, I want to be in that's it, that's all. I want to be in the board maze. I can do it. I can do it. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know? so wild that you were the first woman. Yeah. Whoa. I know. It, it feels really cool. That I must st- have been intense, though. It was, yeah, for sure. Um, it, it came with a lot of expectation to, like, really show other women that I could do it, that I could hang, and that like and try to, like, pay that way. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to do that. Um, but it was funny when we got going on filming, the, you know, I was falling a lot at first. Mm right away I was kind of like sending it like just kind of overdoing it like really just going for it (laughs) and like not a lot of lands you know and I remember like Austin and I had kind of just started dating and he like I was kind of spiraling because I'd only got like one really good shot in this like you know week and a half of shooting and I was like really low and I like I did have more than I thought I did for sure but I was in a really bad place one evening and I was kind of just spiraling, like, what am I doing here? I'm ruining this for every other woman out there who wants to do this. Like, I'm basically proving that you can't do it. You know, and I was just like going down, down, down. And he was like, you know, you just like, why do you think you're here? You think you're here because people want to see you snowboard like Travis Rice or like me or like Brian? Or do they want to see you snowboard like Robin? And I was like, oh my God, just like mine, like, and I was like, right. I just, he's like, you just got to snowboard like you. Like, forget all the other stuff. Like, you're here to be, you're here because you're you. So go out there and be you. Don't try and be Travis. And I was Such like, good advice. Right. You know, and it was like so unassuming, like his advice. I was, I like didn't expect that from him. I was like, whoa, like you're a much more complex human than I thought. <laughs> You know, because um, we had only been dating like six months and, you know, you really get don't really know somebody that well after that amount of time. But um, and after that, I really, you know, took that advice and went out there ju- and just rode like Robin. I was like, I'm going to ride like Robin Van Jean rides and not like anybody else. And that's when I really started to like stack. Mm-hmm. And it was such a cool moment. I can like remember it so clearly where I just point. like stepped out of trying to be something else and stepped back into like who I was and I was like okay this is this is where I show up Mm -hmm. I don't want to I'm not trying to be like somebody else I gotta be like me yeah yeah and that's where I'm gonna have success and progression and that's where I'm gonna show up best and do it for yourself that's like something that I always ask myself like if I'm in a situation where I'm not feeling it or I'm fearful or I'm like, oh, what am I doing right now? Like, it's just not clicking. I'm like, am I doing this for myself right now? Mm-hmm. Or am I doing this because there's cameras pointed at me and I'm filming? Or am I doing this because someone's got their cell phone out and they're getting a clip? Am I doing this because of the crowd that I'm around? 
And like, usually it's a pretty black and white yes or no answer. And that's like this instant ego check of like, okay, nope, I don't need to be here right now. Or like, yeah, I am doing this for myself and it feels right. Totally. But I think that's like such an avoidance of injury and bad things happening in the mountains. Yeah. Checking yourself. Yeah. And like, really, there's no point if you're not having fun. Totally. You know? Yeah. And I think more than ever now, that pressure is like kind of lifted for me. Um, And like when I'm out shooting with you girls, when I don't get a shot or I don't land it, I don't really care. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just like, well, that was pretty fun and it was worth a try. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I'll get it eventually. But like getting super down on like not landing or like, you know, that doesn't help anything Mm-mm. especially like it doesn't help you go back up there and land it you're just like well i guess i can just try again yeah you know and sometimes you don't get that many tries and sometimes it's a one-off and that's just how it goes yeah there's like so much beauty in failure totally <laughs> yeah. learn yeah yeah the other thing too is like austin's advice like I've had the pleasure of uh, giving a Red Bull helmet to another, like a new Red Bull athlete. Yeah. And I was thinking about what to tell her in that moment because it was going to be this the bunch of people around. I had to give like a little mini speech. Yeah. And I'd driven from Tahoe up to Bellingham to do this. And I was like, okay, yeah, this helmet is a validation of what you've already done. Like this is not about who you are gonna become. This is a validation of what you've already done. I think that's so important to remember as athletes too. Like, cause I mean, I'll admit it, like you get a sponsor and you're like, okay, time to like turn it on. And Mm -hmm. you put this pressure on yourself. Totally. I've had that question before of people are like, do you feel pressure from your sponsors to do this stuff? And I'm like, no, that is my responsibility. Like I will not put that on anyone else. It's me, I'm the one dropping in. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like every time you're with a new sponsor, you're like, okay, got to like show them, you know, what I got. But at the same time, it's like you get to a certain place and you're like, oh, yeah, no, this is like I'm on this team because like of the things that I've done in the past. Yeah. And like from that moment, you're you have a choice what you're going to do. And I feel like for me, it's always to choose to like have fun and progress because that's what I want to do. Yeah. And like do that on my own accord. And if I if I fail along the way doing that, then that's just part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no real like just giving yourself, like you said, a little bit more grace. It's this beautiful yeah. self acceptance. Yeah, totally. I'm still fine tuning it. Oh yeah, yeah, every day. Yeah, <laughs> don't pretend like I like have it figured out. I do not. You know, every day I'm like figuring out little things, and I think right now I'm in a good place where I like feel good and like ready but the, it will always shift and you'll always come up and go down and yeah learn like when you think you know everything you will get spanked and you will realize that you just don't so it's better just to live life thinking that you know nothing at all <laughs> and absorbing anything that comes in your path <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah totally yeah well there's learners and there's knowers better yeah. to be a learner yeah mm-hmm. i think i was a knower though you were i think i was yeah mm-hmm. i think i thought i knew it all and i i feel like as i'm getting older and maturing you're becoming more of a learner I'm like hmm yeah I'm a learner now yeah I don't I'm like almost sometimes I think about my past I'm like wow I really thought I I knew the best way to do everything and that part of being a a knower is an ego thing totally right yeah and then like when we start to dissolve our egos and let that go you're more open to being a learner yeah 
Yeah. And yeah. I think life is just more full. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's annoying when people just think that they know everything. Yeah. You know, I, I like being around people like that. I'm like, oh God, I can't believe like, I was like that for so long. Yeah. You know? I mean, I've had that in my life too. For yeah, sure. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, it still exists in me. Mm-hmm. I have to like check myself and be like, yeah, maybe this isn't exactly like what you thought it was going to be. But like, there's, there's always a better outcome when you can collaborate. Yeah. You know? And like, yeah. instead of just being like, nope, this is how it's going to be. And this is my vision. And like, I'm sticking to it because I know what's best. But like, really, <laughs> this is a big joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's a big joke. Yeah, I mm. love that. So good. Um, what's next? What's in the future for you? Mm. Honestly, I am not thinking too far ahead. Love that. Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to try to um shred my nuts off all season with with the ladies at Arcteryx so pumped to have this amazing crew on our hands and I'm like again learning so much about filmmaking and learning so much about um the mountains still and that's pretty much all I got yeah yeah I don't know what next season brings my goal for this year is to just film a video part that I'm like or not even a video part but get get like a good presence and be proud of what I produce and um the rest will kind of work itself out I guess yeah totally <laughs> yeah. honestly I hate that question yeah what's <laughs> like it's like so commonly asked and I'm like uh we're right now we're right here right now yeah I mean it's but like people I guess people want to know like what do you got what do you got brewing yeah you know and I'm like oh for the first time in a long time I only got this one project brewing. And it feels damn good. <laughs> it feels good, yeah. yeah. It feels good to have space to like have a normal life alongside of it. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. agree. It's interesting because it's just not sustainable, that burnout. That no. like, yeah, run life in the fast lane. It's so not let's, sustainable. Let's do that. Let's do that on this project. Let's make sure we like come out the other end like feeling like we have space and we're refreshed. Yeah. I think that's a that's a good goal for us to have is Couldn't to like not agree more. Because <laughs> I see myself in a lot of everything you've just said. Yeah. But it was so cool. Like yesterday, we were out. Like this storm cycle came through Tahoe, dumped nonstop for over a week, and then it popped blue, and it was too deep to get out there. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, and then it was really touchy, like high Abbey danger. Yeah. And then the next day, the winds came and ripped through it, and we've like continued to go out as a crew and make the most of it. But yesterday we had this moment where like, we were all just up there drinking a beer, watching the sunset go down and laughing absolutely hysterically for yeah. hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it felt so good to not take it so lightly. Like, well, the storm cycle didn't really produce and provide like yeah. we were anticipating, but we're here now and this is really fun. Yeah. And like, let's just like end the trip on a fun note and then you know the next cycle will come and we'll be on that one too yeah 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 i love it well it's such a pleasure to get to do this project with you always honored to be in presence with you michelle no oh. <laughs> <laughs> um if there's one thing that you're really proud of and really psyched on i just want to hear it give me a brag a brag okay you know i am I'm really psyched on my new, like, slower pace at life. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my biggest brag at the moment. Yes. Yeah. That was a good brag. <laughs> I'm going to tap into that. Today's my, well, tomorrow is kind of my first real day off, I guess, in a long time. Yeah, yeah. good. I need it. Yay, need good for break. you. 
constantly working on that one though. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For the rest of our lives. Nice. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs>